We've been talking about obedience and discipleship over the last, uh, the last several weeks. And uh, what has come down to my heart is this. Um, as I'm looking at Philippians. Philippians was written by Paul to the church in Philippi. Now, understand, and everyone follow me. I'm going to try to do this in 30 seconds. Philippi at that moment was a church not unlike what we were describing here, under heavy persecution where they lived. Many were dying. Many were losing their property. Many were being treated as, as servants and slaves and in horrible conditions and ways because they were looked down upon because they were believers in the way. And they were just struggling, but they so wanted to walk in obedience. Why? Because they were at a realization that obedience is what it is to just be in relationship with the Lord intimately. That I listen. But he says, I let that impact my life, not just go in one ear and out the other. How many have at times you've heard the Lord say something through the Word, or maybe He has said something to your heart, and then, and then you are willing to tell everybody else what the Lord said, but in regarding your own life, it went in one ear and out the other. How many have been there before? Yeah. And see, here are these folks from, uh, from Philippi really, really struggling. But then there's the one that started the church there, shared Jesus for the first time. Does anybody know who shared Jesus for the first time in Philippi? It's an easy one. Paul. He went and shared Jesus for the first time in Philippi, and many came to know uh, the Lord in Philippi. And so he's hearing about this. Don't, don't, don't miss this. He's hearing about what's going on in Philippi, and he is sending encouragement. Guys, listen. Stay united. Stand firm. Oh, how he loves you. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests as things are going on to the Lord, and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your what? Hard. He's saying, don't get out of relationship with Jesus just because everything's hard. Don't start making decisions based on what will feel good for the moment. Get your eyes on who? Keep them on who? Don't leave who? Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. You know what that whole letter is called? It's a letter of encouragement. Now, here's the beautiful part. Paul is writing this with all the love that can, he can muster from his heart. And do you know where he was while he's writing this letter to the Philippians? He's sitting in a basement, dank dungeon prison, chained between two guards. Writing, be encouraged, guys. I'm in chains for the gospel. He even said, you won't believe what's going on. <laughs> The guards that are chained to me, they don't stand a chance. Amen? They don't stand a chance because Paul knew what it was to walk by faith, not by what? See, Paul didn't sit there and start going, this really stinks. i got to come up with a better way of living here. So he didn't start coming up with his own way of thinking and his own way of doing. No, he took hold of the gospel, and he held it hard, and he told everyone, take, don't just take hold of Jesus, yes, do that, but you got to take hold of the salvation that he's presented to you, amen? Take hold of it and never what? Let go. Begin in relationship with him, 
you're going to find hope and love and joy and peace. I've come to the conclusion, though, this. For some of you, what I'm about to say, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I get it. Others would be like, really? I just want you to hear me because sometimes I have to say things that may sound like it's repeating, but that's okay. I don't mind repeating myself because I need to hear it over and over again. I have come to the conclusion that nothing stands in the way more of a beautiful, obedient, intimate relationship with Jesus than self-centeredness. When your life is about feeling good no matter what, you will never know what it is to walk with Jesus. You say, what? When we make decisions based on how we feel and trying to feel good and making theology out of feeling good rather than trusting Jesus, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, did the valley of the shadow of death feel good at the moment? But who brought him through with comfort? And who brought him and always brought David out the other side? Who was in the boat when those disciples were there and, and, and the storm's raging and everything's going nuts and they think they're going to die? And they start trying to come up with what we're going to do and they got their buckets probably trying to get water out and they're doing all they can do, but at that moment they realize they're absolutely hopeless. Anybody been there? And they look down and what in the world, the Savior of the world is snoozing in the middle of the boat. Why was he resting? Because there was nothing to be concerned about. See, I'm going to tell you what. It's as plain as day. If Jesus is in the boat, you're going to get to the other side. They didn't even have to wake him up. That's why he said, peace be still. It's all, whoa, what happened here? And he's like, guys, where was your faith? You know what he was saying? Give a guy some rest. You were fine. Okay, who just heard that? Get, 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 let me rest here. You're fine. I'm in the boat. Amen? Who would have been the first to jump down there with Jesus and shake him by the shoulders? What is your problem? Get up here and tell this wind to stop. When Jesus is saying, what is your problem? I'm already here. I so have it in control. I don't even have to wake up. Amen? But we sit around and we go, you know, I can't do this anymore. Anybody quoted those famous words? I can't do this anymore. And you start doing things that you know that the Word says not to do. Come on. You start doing and living in ways the Word has said not to do, and then guess what? Suddenly, while it felt good for a moment, it all falls flat. And here's the worst part. Rather than doing a King David and running back the truth, many times we won't run back the truth. We come up with different ways to fix the first different way we went. Until we have nothing but a web we have weaved and we can't get out of it by ourselves. Amen? Has anybody been in a web of your own doing that you saw no way out of? And you kept making decision after decision based on the web you were out of rather than going, Jesus, I was wrong. I repent. At which point he said, I forgive you. 
Now let's get you out of this. Now remember, getting you out of it is still, I need to walk with my eyes where? I need to walk in obedience. You cannot expect God to bless anything you're doing if it is not something He would have blessed in the first place. That includes immorality. That includes attitudes towards people. Doing anything not in love. Doing anything not in faith but out of fear and anger and bitterness. Well, God's not around anymore. Well, you're angry. He's not around because you're over here. He's in the same spot he was all along. Is anybody hearing this? Thank you, Colin. <laughs> Colin's like, oh, boy. <laughs> Colin Merriman, everybody, come on. He's an awesome guy, and he needs a hand because God just loves that guy. <laughs> he knows it too. I love it. So this is what Paul says. You know, guys, things are hard. Look at your neighbor and say, things can get hard. In fact, if they're hard right now, if they're difficult right now, you can tell them things are difficult right now. Right? Well, this is what Paul said. Look, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, has anybody ever had any encouragement being connected with Jesus? Anybody ever had any hope being connected with Jesus? Anybody ever felt the love when you're connected with Last time you... So he wants you to always make sure, even if your eyes are off that for a moment, he wants you to get back to the last time you were connected with who? And you sensed his presence. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Those places back in the day where we cannot say, oh, you know, he did it back then, but he can't do it now. No. Paul said, look... If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, okay, you following me? Be in relationship with Jesus, and don't forget it. And if you get your eyes off of it, get your eyes back on quick. Get in relationship with Him. He said, and in doing so, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit of one mind. Have you noticed that when somebody hits a pit, oftentimes the last place they end up is church? I'm going to say it again. Have you ever noticed when someone really hits a hard time, they get frustrated and they isolate themselves and they alienate themselves? Now, guess who's telling, guess who's telling you to alienate yourself? It's not the church. It's not the head of the church. That would be Jesus. Jesus doesn't condemn. Remember, it says he didn't come to condemn the world, but to what? So we got to remember that. He's not sitting there going, yeah, you better not go over there. No, we isolate ourselves. The enemy wants us so to be away from the body. But do you know where, their pow where the power lies? When the Holy Spirit is allowed to inhabit the entire what? body of believers operating together, standing with one another, just as they're trying to do today with the persecuted church. We're together. We're united. We're walking together. I'm going to tell you what, far be it from me, I am not going to preach touchy-feely things up here just to make you happy. 
You guys do not need to walk in and listen to a speaker tell you things just to make you feel good. You need to be challenged. And guess who else needs to be challenged? That's why it gave me Tracy. Everybody get their laughs out now so I can explain myself. There you go. The Lord has used my wife in so many ways in my life. And it's not because she's Tracy Chapel, it's because God put her there. And she don't let me get away with much. If I got an attitude about something or an attitude about a person or what I want to hear from she never, never says what I want her to hear or what I want to hear from her, okay? She never does. And the beautiful part is she could care less whether I receive it or not in the sense of it's not, no skin off her back. She just wants me to know truth. And she's just a person. Imagine what the Holy Spirit's like. Imagine Jesus saying, guys, walking in obedience, walking together, being connected with me includes being connected with who? Amen? Who's with me so far? Amen? Okay, so let's look at this here real quick. I love you, Tracy. So verse 3, here we go. Do nothing. Nothing. Look at your neighbor and say nothing. Now, who has a mirror? If you did, hold it up in your face and say nothing. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Guys, you will ruin your relationship with Jesus when all you think about is you. Now, it doesn't mean it's irreparable. No, because Jesus can do anything. The Lord can do anything. Amen? But if you are walking in selfish ambition all the time, there are two relationships that are getting hurt. The one you have here and the one you have here. And the Lord wants to bind us together. We can't make it without, the, without us. We need the head of the body, and we need the body. Amen? Who's hearing that? Come on. This is, this is serious, serious stuff here. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above, your, above yourselves. How many do that very easily? value others above yourselves. You say, I do. I just give everything. I just let them do it. I just I want them to have. But my question is this. Let's understand humility first. Humility <laughs> is not focused on how bad we are or how little we deserve and everybody else deserves more. That's not humility because who are you still focused on? Right? Humility has nothing to do with what? Self. So if you're sitting there going, that's right, I'm just a terrible person anyways, I never get this Jesus thing right, everybody else deserves better than me. You know what? You are as prideful as the next person. That's not humble. You're still focused on you. Because I want to says, God loves me. And I want to do what he says. Because I want to be in relationship with him. And he made you, Aaron. He made you, Dottie. He made you, Tommy. He made you guys. And guess what? I see his reflection in you. Oh, man, I love you. Wow. 
I want you to have so much. I want you to be set free. Yeah, have you ever walked down and you just see somebody that's hurting and you just want them to feel, be, be set free and walk in freedom? You ever met somebody that doesn't know Jesus and you just want them to know the hope of Jesus in their life? Amen. You know what I'm saying? Somebody just bound up in anger, bound up in frustration. You know, I, and, and, and it really, it's unbelievable how easily we can get distracted from running after Jesus and being loved and loving Him. Humility should come out of the fact that, man, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. So I get to love everybody else. Right, Betty Thompson? I'm so glad you're here today. Praise be to God. Keep working in her, Lord. Thank you for healing her body in Jesus' name. Man, can you just imagine just walking down with no offense? What's 1 Corinthians 13 say? Love does not offend easy. Why? Because I'm not thinking about who. I'm thinking about who? Am I losing anybody today here? Do not do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This is probably the verse in my mind that flies in the face of the American way. Okay? Now, I'm not stepping into political, governmental things, so let's throw words like communism, socialism, capitalism out. I'm talking about spiritually, this flies in the face of the American way. My goal is not me. My goal is Jesus and seeing Him do a mighty work in me, through me, to you. Amen? In whatever that capacity looks like. I'll tell you where I struggle the most. I don't struggle so much with me. I struggle with my kids. I want my kids to excel. I want them to do well. I want them to be loved. I want them to have lots of friends. I want them to have all this. And guess what? Does it always happen that way? And if I step in and try to make that happen at all times, who am I really thinking about? I'm not thinking about the fact that, Lord, you have a better plan for my child than I do. Amen? How many knows that the Lord has a far better plan for your children than you do? Until we really... Well, I'm going to tell you what, you're not going to get very far parenting until we really surrender and humble ourselves to that fact. He has a better plan, far better plan. I love the fact my, my son is obsessed with football. My eldest daughter is obsessed with basketball. I am, was obsessed with encyclopedias. Later on in life, I was obsessed with guitars. But what pumps me up is I'm like, yeah. It's the whole athletic thing skipped over me. Praise God for my wife who's got the genes and passed it on to my children, and it's just going to be so great. And suddenly the Lord is like, that's not who they are, though. That's not who they are. They're my children that I created, and I have a great plan for them, so I suggest you start getting your eyes on that first and then see what happens with that so that I can use them maybe while they're playing football, maybe while they're playing basketball, maybe while they're doing science stuff, maybe while they're in school, maybe while they're in work. But guess what? I'll put them where I want them, but I'm going to use them wherever they are 
So get focused there. See, I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't. I didn't. And I am thankful that my parents didn't try to force me down a direction. Of course, I had a dad who said, you don't want to be a pastor. And then he said, you know, I don't want you to be a pastor. So I know it was the Lord that I'm a pastor. Because guess who didn't put me here? Guess who didn't force me here? Guess who didn't shove me this direction? Don't look to your own interests, but the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus. How many today, up until this moment, have thought just like Jesus towards every person you've run into today? You woke up. I woke up this morning with my wife's elbow coming right down on me as she's stretching. I don't remember if I said, oh, Jesus, bless her. I'm like, what are you doing? I might have even mumbled, fortunate for you, I got an extra hour of sleep. We have the same mindset as Jesus. Why? Because who lives within us when we're in Christ? Who flows from us? Ha, ha, ha. It's awesome. It's awesome. He flows from us. We can start to think that way. Now, I'm going to say something to you guys that I want you to hear. I I read this today, and it's just blown me out of the water here. Okay. How many know that the Lord says, walk in obedience? How many in their lives have tried to walk in obedience, and it just didn't feel right? Come on. And sometimes it just doesn't feel right so much that you just stop walking. Come on. Who's been there? Well, there's a problem then, and I'll tell you what the problem is. You are never supposed to walk in obedience waiting for it to feel right, ever, because I guarantee you, you will fail. Amen? You will fail. But really what we're called to do is say, Lord, I'm walking in this, and I'm going to obey, and it doesn't feel right, but I know because of who you are, you're going to make it right. And eventually, it's going to be my life. And at that point, it's not my life, but whose life? His. See, you're still, we're, we are still waiting for our life to feel good. Stop. Wouldn't it be far greater to have the, the Savior of the world having His life lived through us? You say, where's all the hope when His life's in us? Where's all the peace when His life's in us? Where's all the love when His life's in us? Well, how come I keep trying to obey and I fail? Because you keep trying to feel it rather than walk it in truth. Lord, I don't feel like forgiving Him. I do not feel like it. And I can almost hear my loving Father say, my Savior say, and I didn't feel like going to the cross. Anybody remember that little, if you can take this cup from me? 
He didn't feel like going to the cross, but he had joy in his heart because who was it all about, himself or you? So, I, will, I, don't, want to for, I don't feel like forgiving him, but you know what? <laughs> you forgave me. Thank you, Jesus. So, even though I don't feel like it right now, I thank you in Jesus' name. Just so you know, I have no problem with Dave Thompson again. He just sits here every Sunday getting taken advantage of. But I'm so thankful that the Lord Jesus acts in me and sets me free when I don't even realize he's doing it because I chose to obey, not just to feel it. See, we sit around trying to feel this stuff. No. We are in danger. We have the mind of Christ, and we take hold of His truth, and we start walking it. And this is who Jesus was. In being in very nature God, He did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. What is He talking about? Well, at that point, they sentenced Him to death on the cross. Yes, He could have called 10,000 angels down and wiped them all out, and He didn't. He could have rolled His own stone away. And he didn't. He could have raised his own self from the dead. And he didn't. He allowed the Holy Spirit to do that. And what I love is, and he rolls back in after, and when he's first connecting with everybody, he's eating with them. Hey, let me have that little bit of that fish. Creator of the world, Savior of the world, just died, rose again. He's going to make it so we can be with Him forever, for eternity. He wants to eat fish with me? Yeah, that's the kind of Jesus that loves me and thinks about me and just wants to be with me. Amen? Amen. He made Himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself. He didn't feel like it, but He did it. By becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All through Scripture it says this, you walk the way you think you're going to walk, you will fall. You humble yourself before Him in obedience, you will be lifted up and exalted. And who got it first? Jesus. And then 1 Peter says, guess what? I believe it's 1 Peter, maybe 2 Peter. We are going to be placed as co-heirs with Christ Jesus. Who is? The ones that are focused on themselves or the ones that chose to become His disciple, follow Him, and walk obediently to Him and experience a relationship with Him? That's who's going to be a co-heir with Christ Jesus. You say, you're laying... Look at verse 12. No, Jesus made it easy. He made it very easy. So easy, this is what He says. Look at verse 12. This is a heavy-duty verse. Therefore, my dear friends, as you all have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now more so in my absence. In other words, Paul says, don't just act like you love Jesus when I'm around. Love Him when I'm not around. Don't just act like a believer in church on Sunday mornings. Act like it when you're at home and the kids are annoying the tar out of you.
Right? Right? Continue. Here it is, guys. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Hear me. The Lord would have not said that if He wasn't serious. And this is serious business. When we let our feelings and self dictate what we do, it should instill fear and trembling. Wait a minute. I don't work for my salvation. No, you don't. But like I said weeks ago, weeks ago, and I'm going to say it again, obedience doesn't get you saved. But obedience does show and is evidence of your salvation. Because someone who's truly walking in salvation, relationship with Jesus, will be doing what? Walking in some sort of obedience. He says, guys, work this whole thing out, your salvation. Who here today says, I'm saved? Then take it seriously. He saved you not to just sit like a bump on a log and do your own thing. Amen? Amen? He saved you to bring you into a larger thing known as the body of believers to send you forth and be a light unto a dark world. Amen? He didn't save you to be consumed with all the distractions that get thrown at us and everything that's going down. No, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will not be distracted. The man that fears the Lord avoids all extremes. I am not going to look to the left or to the right. I'm going to keep my eyes on him regardless of what's coming up my way. And God's going to use that mightily, mightily. I heard a song the other day, and I don't know why I had never heard the words. I think it's by Mercy Me talking about, I don't care if I'm ever known of again, if I'm ever remembered. I just want you to be glorified. See, I don't care if White Hill's ever remembered again. I don't care if Dave Chappell's ever remembered again. I don't care if any of those things. What I want people to, when they look at the body here, when they look at me, when they look at you, when they look at whoever, they see who, and that's who they remember. And see, when we are self-focused and self-centered, we are His part. Sign pointing at me, pointing at me, pointing at me, angry at God for numbling. Get this, His part. Work your salvation out with fear and trembling. Get the sign off of you and start pointing to who. Because that's who it's all about. He says, let me do the work in you, please. In fact, he goes on to say this, because we read this verse and we're like, great, now we're on our own here. No, it says this, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And here's verse 13, for it is God, everybody say God, who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill His good purpose. He says, you get your eyes on me, and I'll take care of the rest. You walk in obedience to what I say and just listen to what I say, and I'll take care of the rest. You want to be transformed? Get your eyes on me, walk into obedience and the love and the forgiveness of what I'm doing, and I will change you. Who wants to be transformed? Come on. I mean, many are, but that's what we've got to do, folks. Don't leave here today and think you can just jump back into your own life. I've said it before, and I'll say it a million times more. Stop performing CPR on you. For I and you are crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer, but Jesus Christ lives in me. Every time I perform CPR on myself and say, I know better, I'm turning this way. 
I, I, went, I heard a guy yesterday, Paul Mundy, at the, at, at the district conference yesterday, he said, I so want to be filled with Jesus. I so want to be filled with Jesus when a mosquito bites me. It just finds out that there is power in the blood. Amen? I do. I don't want to walk. Guys, I can't express it enough. Has anybody here, and I'm going to ask one last time, and then we're going to close. Has anybody in here, please let me know, been successful in dictating your own life? Has anybody in their anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, sorrow, hurt, has it done you any good in any way, shape, or form? Has worry or fear or apathy or anything caused you to come up with better ideas than what Jesus is able to come up with? And how many here so often get in such a pit that we, the easiest thing to do is to run to who? The easiest thing to do is to run to who? When when we get into a pit, we could run to Jesus before. That really is the easiest thing. That word repent, I've said it before, repent. Repent doesn't just mean forgive me, it also means turn back to me. Turn back to Jesus. Repent. What's a penthouse? What's a penthouse? Repent. Get your eyes back where? That's why David was called a man after God's own heart. He messed up at times, didn't he? But he would always what? Repent and got back and walked in obedience. Amen? Man, I'm excited about this morning's message. I don't know about y'all, but I am because I want the Lord just to just take me and do his thing because I'm excited about what he wants to do in me. But even more so, I'm just a small, tiny part of a huge body. Right? Look what God wants to do. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, my prayer today here right now is that we begin to take serious, serious what it is when you declared, get your eyes on me, walk in obedience of me, know me, because I'm working in you and through you, but I can't if your eyes are on everything about you. Take hold of your salvation, what I'm doing. Walk by faith and not by sight. Love those around you because I love you. Walk in obedience. Don't be deceived by what looks easy or good or feels good at the moment. Repent of those things and get your eyes back on me that you may be transformed and I'll do the work. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't always do it this intense, but I'm going to throw this out there. I want every eye shut. Is there anybody here today that says, I don't believe that I have ever truly made a decision for Jesus Christ. I desire, we're not going to just say some little prayer. What we're saying is, I desire to turn from what was a wrong way of thinking to his thinking. I'm a wrong way of living to his way of living. Is there anybody here today that says, I choose Jesus? Is there anybody here that just wants to slip their hand up? Amen. Somebody else. Amen. Amen. I choose Jesus. Amen. 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 Keep those hands up. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, that's what we desire. Now, is there anybody here today that says, says this, uh, I, 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 know, I know I'm a believer, but man, I allow myself to be so distracted by everything around me rather than knowing that he will walk me through the valley of the shadow of death. 
And he is the one that wants to transform me. And I'm done turn, learning, looking to the right or the left. I'm done. I choose to repent of those things and get my eyes back on what is I just and walk in obedience and love and mercy and grace. Is there anybody like that today? Say, I just, I'm back, back, Jesus. I'm back to you. Anybody at all today? Amen. 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 Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you right now. As we, you're just ministering to our hearts, and we sit here and say today, Jesus, we choose you because you chose us first. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for ministering to every heart here today. We say, we don't know better than you. Our thoughts are not higher than your thoughts. Our ways are not higher than your ways. We want to get our eyes on you. And when our eyes are on you and we walk in obedience, we have your mind and we can begin knowing what it is you would call us to do, Holy Spirit. So, Lord, every person that raised their hands here today, Lord, I thank you that they, including myself, have walked in sin and separated from God, headed for hell. But, Lord, you have made a way, and you said, whoever believes, actively believes, takes hold of me, becomes my disciple, will not perish, but will have everlasting life. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. We turn from our sin and we look to you, Jesus. We repent of what low garbage we had our eyes on and we look to you. And we thank you for doing a work in us and changing us and transforming us. I thank you for washing away every sin. I thank you for making us white as snow. And I thank you, Lord, that you are making us into what you call us to be. To God be the glory. And Lord, I thank you for everybody, every person in this body today. God, there is greater purpose than just showing up just to worship one Sunday a week. Lord, there is greater purpose. We are the light of the world. And I thank you, Lord, that you have raised every person up here today as a light. Your light, your reflection, bearing your image in Jesus' name. So church, if you're with me right now and you say, yes, we take hold of the salvation that's been granted us, the gospel that, that brought us to that salvation and will continue to transform us, we take hold of that and we want it to come pouring out. I just challenge you to stand right where you are in agreement. Lord, use us. Use us. Anybody here just want to stand up and use us as a body. Use us. Use us. Here we are. We are yours. We are your body. We are your reflection. We are your image. Use us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. For God, you are good. Thank you for teaching us to obey. Thank you for leading us down paths of righteousness. Thank you for strengthening us not to look to the left or to the right, but to have eyes fixed on you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Holy name. To God be the glory. And all God's people said, Amen. Go in the peace of the Lord.